0: Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Extreming Disney, the podcast focused on all things Disney+. On this week's show, it's a long-awaited episode as we break down and recap the first season of the biggest Disney Plus hit, The Mandalorian. Um, This is all being done in time for the premiere of Season 2, which is this Friday. I hope you guys are excited for that. I'm finally excited, well I am excited to finally get to this. Um, And it's only a few days away, so that's just awesome. Um, And I can't do this alone, so I welcome back onto the show Aaron Starry, my friend, to help me review this series. Aaron, thank you for taking the time to come back and help me with this very difficult task.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me again. Uh, Yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, I don't know if this is – spoilers already, but this is my favorite uh, Disney Star Wars stuff that they have done. So yeah, I man, am excited to talk about it.
0: That was actually going to be my question of the whole <laughs> Disney era of Star Wars. What is your favorite thing?
1: It's, it's got to be The Mandalorian. It even, has to be. even above like Rogue One? Oh man, I do really enjoy Rogue One. I do. Uh, but when it just comes to originality and all that, uh, yeah, The Mandalorian takes the cake for sure. To, to not go completely off topic,
0: I think when we only had The Force Awakens and Rogue One, I think The Force Awakens was above Rogue One for me as far as my ranking goes. But since the other movies have come out, as far as episodes what 9 and 9 and 10, I think it's kind of <sighs> put some rust on the episode episode 7, you know? So for me, like I was, I'm. I still enjoy the Force Awakens, you know. If I just look at it as a standalone mm-hmm. movie, but knowing what comes next is disappointing for me. And yeah, I think it's kind of put a little bit of a, I don't know. It it took took the shine off it a little bit.
1: No, I understand. You know, we basically found out through Daisy Ridley that they had essentially zero plans right for the Disney trilogy. So. Yeah, it makes it just feel like they they didn't know where they were going, even with the Force Awakens. Right,
0: right. Yeah, and that's that's a, that's a problem. That's mm-hmm. a problem. And I just I think, you know, I think we talked about this before. Um, with I'm trying to find something on my phone, with what's his name, Filoni and Favreau, um, those guys they know what they're doing. They and do. I just I wish that like Kathleen Kennedy would be able to really just kind of see that, you know? And maybe we need to give these guys a little bit more, but maybe we're the future of Star Wars is just going to be on Disney Plus with these series that we keep hearing about, you know? And The Mandalorian was the first one kind of out the gate, you know?
1: I mean, I think we'll definitely still be getting Star Wars movies in theaters. Right. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying as far as the prestige, the
0: the um the real fanfare around this you know the the property might just be here you know yeah. possibly especially like i think there's a lot of things <clears throat> with movie making that i don't mean for my cynical side to really kick in but there's certain things that you want to do in theaters and you have to check certain boxes with the spectacle of things and Maybe you are more about them than you're actually even talking, you know, telling a good story, Mm -hmm. you know, and so you have to sacrifice certain things or trade off certain things in order to do that. Anyway, we got plenty of Star Wars stuff to talk about here, but why don't you catch us up? It's been a while since the last time you were on. You helped me out with a couple news pieces a, a few weeks ago, but last time you were on was to talk
1: about the Clone Wars. So, yeah, I mean, no, life, life has been good. Um, bought a house, uh, wife is pregnant. Uh, so new job, a lot, of, a lot of different things have been going on. Um, but yeah, I, I can't complain. Life, life has been good for, for me. It's
0: crazy. Cause I think it was like, it's been like almost six months since the last time you came on and you weren't a homeowner. You didn't have a child on the way you were thinking about your, like, dude,
1: 2020, it's been your year. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's been the joke. That's been the joke in the Starry household is, you know, everyone's posting on social media. 2020 is the worst year ever. And I'm sitting there like, I don't know. It's been a pretty awesome year for me. I don't know what y'all are complaining about. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, what else have you been up to lately? Anything worth talking about? What, what have you been watching? What has been the majority of your, your um, intake I mean, it is October, uh, so when I have time, I've been mainly watching horror movies, um, Mm -hmm. which there are not many on Disney Plus, but I know our wives have been talking about watching Hocus Pocus together, Mm -hmm. because my wife has never seen Hocus Pocus, so (laughs) we'll have to, I think think you and uh, Jess already did that, correct? Yeah, we talked about Hocus Pocus a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's
0: been I mean, I hadn't seen that movie since the 90s. So, oh, okay. I could kind of jump back in a little bit of a time machine and do that. That was kind of fun. Um, yeah, I've been I've been about the horror movies lately too. You know, I've been um a lot of 70s stuff. Anything you haven't seen before? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's my thing is I am more likely to watch a movie I've never seen before yeah. than put on something I've seen a 100 times. Mm-hmm. So, seeing a lot of weird like horror movies from the 70s like Shivers and rabid and house, and just some weird stuff, you know, some foreign stuff, and um yeah, yeah. I, I usually similarly, I, I kind of use this time of year mm-hmm. to catch up on some on some flicks that are a little bit um haven't been on my radar exactly. So yeah, I think one of your biggest ones is Halloween, and I think a
1: few of us are going to be watching that on Halloween on night. On Halloween, yep. <laughs> a good amount of our friends have not seen uh John Carpenter's Halloween so we are excited for that it's a classic I thought I you guys like... I thought we were watching the third one I thought we were watching Season of the Witch <laughs> I actually think that's an incredibly <laughs> underrated movie but that yeah. is I won't get into all of that <laughs> I think if Michael if they didn't pitch that as a Halloween movie and didn't have that sure. I think it would have been way more uh well, re- received, but because Michael Myers wasn't in right. it, people were
0: furious. And, and you couldn't call it just Season of the Witch because of the Nicolas Cage movie that would come out about 20 <laughs> years later. Um, anyway, let's... We'll let's... have to do a Wicker Man. Uh... Oh, dude. I mean... <laughs> the original or the, the old... Oh, you're talking no, about the, the new Nicolas one. Nicolas Cage Oh, my one. gosh. The base! <laughs> have you seen the original? No, I have not. Dude, that's a, that's one you gotta go check out. It's from, like, late 60s or early 70s, and it's, it's, a, it's one to
1: watch. I've heard it's... Actually scary. Huh? Yeah, like it is. Nicolas Cage's. Yeah, and I haven't seen the Nicolas Cage one, so... It's worth a watch as well, but for different reasons. <laughs> we'll <laughs> do a
0: double feature of both Wicker Men. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll be the Wicker Men. Um, all right, so let's um, get to talking about a particular helmeted hero um, and his friend. You know, don't call him Baby Yoda. Um, I, I want to kind of talk about a couple things before we get to that. Um, Just a way that, you know, know, my listeners, you guys can help out the show. Um, You can follow us on Facebook. You can share our Facebook page. Um, The other thing you can do is leave a review, leave a rating on podcasts, on Apple Podcasts. That would be great, you know. Um, Share this with your friends. I mean, if you've been enjoying this, especially this episode as we're talking about the the biggest hit to Disney Plus since its incarnation almost a year ago – um yeah, I think we've been having some really great conversations, really great episodes. Share it, throw it out there. And honestly, um I'm going to throw this out there as well because um I've been trying to figure out how to take my podcast and be able to put it on YouTube. So, if anyone is familiar with how to get that done, I was trying to figure this out yesterday for a couple hours and I was just hitting walls. So, if there's anybody who knows how to do that, Hit me up. Let me know. Um, I could use the assist. All right. With that, let's get on to our main topic. The reason we are here. And actually, Aaron, I have a gift for you. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. I got this the other day, um, and I just I thought it screamed you, and I just had to make sure that I got it for you. Maybe it's a Halloween present. There you go.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> what is it for the listeners to? It is. It's either a Baby Yoda hand sanitizer or it's a Baby Yoda shot glass filled with vodka. I'm not sure which one it is. It's actually blue milk. Oh, it's blue milk. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's sanitizer. Um,
0: yeah, the little guy for the, you know. Oh, you know what? I think you got to take the lid off. You know, we're in, we're in COVID d- days still. So we got to just make sure that we stay healthy and put on the sanitizer. Drink and a little bit of it. There you go. Um boom. I mean Mandalorian and hand sanitizer. That's gonna be 2020 right there. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Oh man. That is that is a stinky sanitizer. Is it really? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. (laughs) Kids, be careful. Don't (laughs) don't eat chicken wings after putting that on. You'll get drunk. Um alright, so anyway. Let's give a little synopsis of this series. You know, Aaron, just in case there's anybody who's listening who hasn't seen the show, and maybe they just need a little bit of a recap for um, season two, and that's where they want to jump off of. I don't know who would want to do that, but just do me a favor. Give me, like, 20 seconds
1: to tell me what is this series about. Spoilers or no spoilers? No spoilers. No spoilers. All right. So this takes place. I don't even know if we... No, for sure, but after Return of the Jedi. I don't know if we mm-hmm. know how many years after Return of the Jedi. That's it true. takes place, But it does take place sometime after Return of the Jedi. And we follow a Mandalorian who, if you don't know the Star Wars universe that well, uh, the Mandalorian. If you know Boba Fett or Jango Fett, <clears throat> they wear that armor and they are a race of people. And uh, he comes across a certain object that is very valuable, and uh, he has to protect that object for most of the series. Um, I just what I just explained made it sound really boring. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 he finds this thing. He
1: likes this thing. He wants to keep the thing, and he shoots I, I with mean, people along we the can, way. We can we can call a spade a spade. What is what is who is he protecting? He's protecting Baby Yoda, which. Yeah. It's, they kept that a secret somehow, which was yeah. awesome. Like that could have been something they easily showed in trailers and it would have gotten people excited, but those are the sort of things you are so happy. They kept that a secret that mm-hmm. nobody found out. It's true. And Dave baloney talked about how usually how things get spoiled is from toys actually. Yeah. And so that was the biggest thing they had to do was like t- have these people that, you know, toys are us or, well, Toys R Us doesn't exist anymore, but whoever is putting out these toys, will be like, do not show these things early, yeah, and they did, true. and yeah, that that's the very last uh, scene in the first episode. You find out, you know, well, originally it's not something he's protecting, right? I know if we want to get well, yeah, well, I mean, we can kind of get to this <laughs> a little bit. Um,
0: you know, second, I have to say this though, <sighs> I want to um, launch my own TV series. Um, and I want to have the lead character be called Amanda Lorian. And so, um, that way we could, you know, people would be confused and they would check out this show and then I'll get a lot of viewership. What do you think? Amanda Lorian.
1: Yeah. If you have that on YouTube, you're going to get a lot of dislikes on that one. Um, anyway,
0: so let's talk about the character of Mando, um, played by Pedro Pascal. Um, which is interesting to you know, talk about him doing this performance because yes. he is, <clears throat> you know, armored up throughout the majority of the movie. And if anybody's not, or the show, you know, there's, if anybody's confused about how his look is. I mean, if you know Boba Fett from Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, um, that's pretty much what we're dealing with as far as the look goes. So we never see Mando, you know, as he is apart from <clears throat> later on. You know, maybe, you know, we'll get to that too. Um, but what do, you, what do you think about Pedro Pascal in this role? What is there to
1: really say? So they do a really good job because he does not say much, right? He's not a character who's – he's not a chatty Kathy. He's not saying a lot. Um, but for not saying a lot and not seeing his, his face, um, you get attached to this character. Just the way the characters wrote him and his interactions with Baby Yoda and you really grow to become attached to him. Um, and yeah, it's just interesting, you know, with Pedro Pascal, um, you know, really good actor. Um, you know, he's been in a few other things. He was in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. He was in Narcos. Is that what it's called as well? I have yeah, not seen that, I but I know so. he's yeah. been praised a lot for his... He was in the second Kingsman. <laughs> so yeah, he's a he's a good actor, but doesn't have really many lines. And you don't see his face, but they they just do a really good job of... Even he grows as a character throughout this show as well. He does. He has an arc for sure. So really interesting and and I'm interested to see where they take this character Mm -hmm. further on in however more seasons they're going to be doing. It's it's interesting because
0: um, I like how this show kind of opens up the universe more which – I think is what we need within a Star Wars yes. property is not, let's not make it smaller. We need to make it bigger. We need to expand. We need to bring in different worlds. We need to bring in different characters. We need to, you know, sure, take maybe one thing to kind of spin off and launch something, but that needs to open up its own little pocket even further. And what, you know, honestly what Star Wars has always been to some degree is, is the Western. Yes. It's a space Western. It's a, it's a um, samurai film. You know, for the most part. This in particular, it's hard to watch this and not see the correlation and the influence of like, um, especially Westerns, you know, which yeah. obviously derive from samurai movies. Um, like Pale Rider, Magnificent Seven, Unforgiven. It's just like a different coding on those stories, you know, and especially with Mando because he is Pale Rider. He's the reluctant hero who steps up to the plate who is kind of getting too old for this and to some degree. And it's like, but then he really kind of steps up, you know, and he really becomes that hero of the series, you know, and establishes in the first scene, in the first, um, you know, throughout the series, this guy's B.A. Mm -hmm. He's hardcore, you know. You don't want to mess with him. He is a bounty
1: hunter. Yeah, the the very first episode, he... uh... He does a lot of not so great things. Uh not things you would see many other lead characters in Star Wars films mm-hmm. uh doing. Uh but you know, I like that. He if anything, he's the close the closest character I can compare him to is maybe like Han from A New Hope, right? Sure. Cause Han shot first. I don't care what George Lucas says now, so. Um Yeah, he's he kills a lot of people in the very yeah. first episode. Yeah. Um, <clears throat>
0: yeah. It's, he's, I, I I like, like you said, his arc, his character, how he grows. Um, and he is, he is that reluctant hero. Yeah. But at the same time too, he has, one thing that also fascinates me about this show and how it opens it up, you know, because we think samurais too and we see the, definitely the correlation between samurais and jedis. Mm-hmm. But this kind of, new not tier but I would say different street this different road that you can kind of fork off of you have like almost a new set of religion you know mm-hmm. you have a new set of honor and code you know with the Mandalorians and it's yeah. really able to explore it and there's not a huge amount of exposition within the series to kind of let me tell you the history of the Mandalorians and here's everything that it means and so like even in the last episode we get nuggets and pieces of understanding of of who they are and what their code and what their honor um calls for, mm-hmm. you know, which obviously again, samurai's. But I like seeing a different version of it that it's not just jedis, it's a different set of you know <laughs> people.
1: And that's that's really I think good to see. I do have some friends that are big Star Wars fans and they only really want to see Jedi and lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Where I see the Star Wars universe, like you were saying, as something much bigger. Yeah. So I'm glad that The Mandalorian is, is good and is successful as well because it's going to show Disney like, hey, we can do other things with the Star Wars universe, especially because like something like Solo was not successful, lost them money. You know what I mean? If The Mandalorian also wasn't successful, I'd be afraid they'd be like, we only want to do... Jedi lightsaber yeah. stuff, you know what I mean? So the Star Wars universe though, especially if you're a big nerd like me and you've read the books and you've read comics, you know there's so much more to this sure. universe than just Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, and so Mando is um kind of sent on this
0: mission. We get to you know, get established in the first like 15-20 minutes mm-hmm. of just how BA he is. Um, but then he kind of goes back to his home base per se to get another mission from his handler, who's played by the great Carl Weathers, um, the character Grief Karga, and he connects him up with the client, who's played by Werner Herzog, who's just like, oh my gosh, we got Werner Herzog and Carl Weathers in a Star Wars show. It's pretty incredible. It's pretty amazing. Um, What do you think of these two? Uh, I mean, we can talk about we can talk about these guys throughout the the whole series.
1: Yeah, uh, grief Karga. He's not for me. He's definitely not like my favorite character. I am still interested to see where he goes. He's sort of a character, a very gray character. So oh yeah, just like Mando is. Like we're still not entirely sure. Right. Like you know, they're both kind of bounty hunters, and a lot of what they do, it's all about the money. Whoever pays me right. the most money. That's what I'm gonna do. So, I still would not be surprised if at some point Grieve Karga betrays, you know what I mean? People because he doesn't have a lot, you know, like of attachment to the Mandalorian or or the child or anyone. So, it'll be really interesting to see where they take this character. Um, The client, uh, well, spoilers. He's dead. Yes. So they can't take him any further than... Well, but yeah. no, Are Warner... you the character or the actor? Which one do you mean? Uh, wait, did the, the actor Yeah, was... Werner Herzog he died in the last year. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, since this. Well, that stinks. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No. Sorry to laugh. <laughs> but no, he was... I know he was more known. I actually didn't really find out a lot about him until watching this show. And yeah. I would watch YouTubers and they would talk about the great warner herzog i'm like i've never heard this guy yeah. so i looked him up but i know he was a great director as well that's more of what he was known for actually yeah yeah um but he was awesome and i still think one of my favorite stories that they tell about him already is so when they were originally doing baby yoda with the puppet Have oh you heard yeah this story? yeah because it was in um the gallery um metal in the gallery yeah yep so uh if you haven't watched it basically they baby yoda is a puppet. Baby Yoda is there's no, no CGI, but when they were originally doing it, it was really difficult. You know, it sounds like a lot like, you know, them having issues with the shark and Jaws, right? They're like getting frustrated, like, I don't know if we can make this work. So they talked about just CGIing, even like specific scenes, and Warner Herzog called them cowards <laughs> for even thinking about using CGI. He was like, You coward. <laughs> he, like used the puppet basically and apparently he loved the puppet yeah, he like, he, and he's like if you've watched a show or seen him he kind of just comes off at this very old show thing. me the baby <laughs> <laughs> but he apparently was obsessed with baby Yoda and thought it was adorable which is awesome as well yeah. um, but no his character I was actually surprised when they killed his character yeah. off because I thought he was going to be the big bad I didn't know about the big bad but I thought like he'd be around for yeah more than just that, because we we thought like he kind of was at that point the big bad, and right. somebody else showed up. So. Right. Yeah, and
0: I um I think to have him brings a degree of gravitas to the show. You know, because you watch him, and you're just like you're you're almost you're gonna see a master class performance. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And he's only in there for a little bit, and that's what a lot of this show is: is you get characters kind of drop in. And you see them act their butts off,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then they kind of go from there. You know, which I assume we're going to see again in the the next season. Oh, I'm
1: sure we'll get tons of cameos and. Oh stuff yeah, well.
0: I mean, this yeah. show is jam packed with cameos. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but also, I like you said, <clears throat> Carl Weathers. I love the ambiguity of his character in this. You know, where it's funny because you think about his other biggest role that he's ever played. It was Apollo Creed, yeah, and he was kind of a guy that started off kind of the antagonist villain, to, the, yeah. to the main character and then kind of becomes his best friend, yep. you know? And similarly, I, I like seeing that again, but we, you know, with obviously within the star Wars universe. And I like that even in the last couple episodes, I mean, you're kind of like, okay, is he good? Is he like, is he going to do something Or you know, he's going to betray them all. And I, I like that. And even at the end where he's like, well, someone's going to have to be here to kind of pick up the pieces of this of this town or whatever, this planet. Um, and I like that, you know, what you still don't know what he's going to do. You still don't know if he's going to, like, betray the leads of this show. Um, so I I, I like his addition onto the, um, the series, um, even though he's probably not my favorite. My, my favorite is actually the next character we're going to talk about, um, where they go, you know, Mando goes to try to track down this, um, Package, whatever it may be, as far as being a bounty hunter, you gotta get somebody or something. Um, And he meets Quill, who's played by Nick Nolte. And he is my absolute favorite in the whole series. I love the old wise characters who, you know, really work as a positive foil to a lead character. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if you ever watched um, The Walking Dead at all. The first few seasons, yes. yeah. So Herschel yeah. was always like one of my favorites, you know. And so Nick, and you have Nick Nolte, who, um, man, what what a career that guy has had, you know. He's, I think he's kind of come back up even in the last ten years with like Warrior. That movie was phenomenal, and really kind of setting into this role of being the the advisor, the helper, and I love the scenes, any scene between Mando and Quill.
1: Yeah, Quill is... Yeah, uh, Quill, whatever. <laughs> no, it's alright. Uh, he's a great character, and he's one of those characters too where he has some lines where he's like, not trying to be funny, but like he has some great humor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have spoken. Yeah, I have spoken. And this show does a good job of having like those... You have I have spoken, and you have... Uh, this is, this is the way, yeah. but they don't over do it. Yeah, they you don't, know what I mean? Yeah. When I, they, he first especially said, I have spoken like, and he did it, he did it twice. I feel like fairly really quickly. I was like, Oh boy, is this going to be like excessive? But no, they do a really good job of throwing it in at like just the right moments to like, not, they're not even laugh out loud moments, but they just make you smile. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he's a great character. Uh, and see, like one of the few characters I feel like in this sh- this show who kind of has a heart of gold, as far as we know, right? Oh, yeah. Like he's the one character that I can think of where it's like he just seems like he's doing things out of the good of his heart. Like yeah. that's why he's doing things. He's not doing things, you know, to get something or mm-hmm. make money. Um, yeah, and I and I think.
0: His his story, even, like, his story before we see him, he's super interesting. And in that he was this... He, well, first of all, let's just talk about the fact it's not really, like, Nick
1: Nolte you see. No. Like, you can see it kind of somewhere behind the makeup somewhere and in the voice. Here's a trivia. What's the name of the race that He's an Ognaught. He's an Ugnot, okay. Um, just wanted to make sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he's an alien. And you see them on Cloud City in Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. throwing around C-3PO's head. Um, But he talks about how he was a slave Mm -hmm. and then he found his freedom and how he he doesn't want to be enslaved anymore. And so he, again, does these things like help Mando and take care of the child. And he again, he's a really great foil to Mando throughout this season, especially in how Mando feels towards droids. You know, because you can see, I don't think you would have the later response that we see in the final episode between Mando and IG 11, if it wasn't for Quill. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, um, I, I don't know. I, he is my favorite and I wish honestly that, um, after he got done with this whole mission thing and he left the plane, I just wish he was in every episode, you know?
1: <sighs> oh yeah. And
0: yeah, but it's he's not going to be able. No, he's not. Um, And I think, honestly, it's not too surprising that the two characters that have died who are kind of mains within this series, um, who are, like, on the hero side of things, they're the most expensive characters to do because of the CGI and because of the makeup and whatnot. So I'm not too surprised, you know, so... And which kind of opens? So if you have to keep doing that, you know, this kind of opens the door to being able to do new things and it more things. It still
1: stinks though because yeah, you think about our three mains in season two, and they're all humans. Yeah, and that kind of stinks. Sure. In the Star Wars universe, you want to see it. like there's so many different alien races, yeah, robots, droids, all these different things, and. Yeah, unfortunately, we lost some pretty cool characters in yep. season one. But yep. it also is nice to know that no character is safe, because that also no. makes a show not fun when right you have a few seasons and no main characters have died. It's like, oh well, I guess everyone's safe. Yeah. Um, and then you know because he's tracking down this bounty,
0: and he had this little side story of him having to learn how to ride these. I don't think... Like, oh, jeez. I don't remember the name yeah, of Yeah, these, these alien creatures that kind of run on their hind legs, and they kind of look like dinosaurs, but yeah. not really. They're like a, a, a walking Pac-Man. Um, they're kind of goofy looking. Yeah, they they, they, I... they are. They are. But they're, they're cool to see. They're cool to have in the show. Um, but we get introduced to IG-11, who is a, another bounty hunter trying to track down this package. And he comes back later on in the series... But is voiced by Taika Waititi, who directs the last episode of the mm-hmm. series, um, or the season, and then um, who's also famed director from Thor Ragnarok and um, Hunt Other the Wilderpeople and What We Do in the Shadows. Great director, hysterical, um, New Zealand uh, director, and um, great voice. He has a great voice as well, and he's, he does. He's great yeah. in this. He's he's good in this. There's not really much to talk about IG-11 early on in the first episode, but what what are your thoughts? Uh, I
1: mean, there's a good amount. Okay, go ahead. Right? Yeah, I mean, go for he, it. He is a bounty hunter going after the child, and when they find the package or the child, he's about to kill the child, mm-hmm. and uh, the Mandalorian shoots and kills uh, IG-11. Yeah um but he's a droid so obviously things can be repaired a little bit easier yeah. uh that way but uh yeah i guess there isn't too much that's just just what happens uh at the very end of episode 1 the one thing i will say though is when we first see this
0: you know the ig droid in empire strikes back it's just like a f- piece of furniture that <laughs> it really there, is you know
1: and Which then, was awesome about the original trilogy, by the way. Like, I feel like they literally just took random things, like that they could find around set, oh, and like sure. let's build. Yeah, literally the like lightsabers. Sorry, we're getting off track, but like, what lightsabers were made out of? Like some piece of a microphone, I guess. The yeah. original. It's like, yeah. so it's cool that they were able to do that with a lot of that stuff.
0: Well, and what's what's great about um, IG Eleven in this, uh, especially in that first episode, is you see him going to town. You see him moving around, and I love how he moves, you know, and how he can spin around. There's like, almost like he, he, he rotates his torso around like an owl head, you know, he's just able to shoot everywhere and his arm goes back and he has like this 360 or 180 vision, you know, or 360 mm-hmm. vision. And just the way he moves is so cool because now we're like, when we were younger, you know, and I have the action period, I was like, how does this thing move? It's like, <laughs> but this, there's like a fluid, He, he he's so fluid in his movements. And it's so cool to watch him just
1: take out enemies. The action scene of him in in the first episode is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a way better bounty hunter than Mandalorian is. If we're just going from that, he, there was how many enemies? I feel like Mando killed maybe like three of them and IG-11 took out 20. Of yeah.
0: Like... <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: Well, and let's
0: you, you already talked about it. He shoots down um, IG-11, and he meets the child, and um, who is Baby Yoda. Um, you're going to get a lot of flack from that, depending on who you're talking to. My nephews would be like, it's not Baby Yoda! You know, like all that jazz. But what do you think? What do you think of the child? What do you think of Baby Yoda in this?
1: I mean, he's freaking adorable. Yeah. He, I mean, my... I feel like Baby Yoda is that thing that even people that aren't interested in Star Wars or don't like Star Wars love Baby Yoda. Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> I mean, it's the it's the new meme. Like you think about last year, nine months ago, I feel like everybody was posting memes of of Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. You know, I students in my campus ministry who don't watch Star Wars or every other thing is Baby Yoda, and I'm just like, this is ridiculous, you know. And he's, he really is, in a lot of ways, a um, scaly mogwai. Uh, you know, what word did you just say? Mogwai. You don't know what a mogwai is. No. Have you ever seen Gremlins? No, I have not. Oh my gosh. Dude. That is, that is terrible. That's a perfect movie to watch in November because it's kind of that in-between... Um, Halloween and
1: Christmas. Oh, that ain't happened. My wife is already watching Hallmark
0: Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta watch Gremlins. It's so great. I love that movie. Um, anyway, so there's like a little fur ball, kind of cute animation. I know, I know what Gremlins look like. Okay. Yes, I just haven't seen the movie. Oh, my dude, dude, dude. Anyway, so it reminds me very much of a Mogwai. Um, and I, I like the fact that a lot of the heart that Mandalorian has for the child comes from his background. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes from the fact of like when he was a, a young when he was a young boy and his parents were killed and we get bits of this, you know, within the first three episodes, but it really, we see it, the culmination, the fin- finality of his upbringing in a sense. Well, I would say not upbringing, but his, when his childhood was <laughs> over um, in the last episode but he looks at the child and he sees himself in a lot of ways, you know, being a foundling. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think? Anything about um, the child else that you want to say as we kind of move along? I mean, I mean, I mean their relationship is
1: the, is the show. That, after that first episode, I mean, it was just tons of questions, right? Because the reason why we call him Baby Yoda is because nowhere – and you, you guys have to realize there's hundreds of books out there – novels, comics, all this stuff. There is no named race for Yoda's race. Mm-hmm. So we can't call him a baby, you know, Wookiee, a baby, whatever, cause there's no race for Yoda right. yet. So that's why everyone calls him Baby Yoda. And so the biggest question is this, who is he? Like, yeah. is he a clone of Yoda? Like that's a possibility. I hate that. I would, I would not be the biggest fan of it either. Is he, you know, is, did Yoda have a baby, a child? I hate, so, I hate I that I know, too. <laughs> I know. But, you know, it's just like, so why were, are all of these, is this race, are all of them super force sensitive? Like, why was the empire, the remnants of the empire so interested in this child, right? Yeah. So it's like, did they know, like, are, do all of these races have like an incredibly strong connection to, sorry, that's kind of, we're getting yeah, to that on. next as well, but. Uh, yeah, uh, and that's the next point here is, you know, when he first, when we first see him, I think that was a lot of what we were talking about was, is he going to be able to use the Force? Mm-hmm. And I believe it's the very next episode. Yeah, it's an episode <laughs> two
0: with the, the Mudhorn. Yep.
1: And Mandalorian faces off against
0: the, oh, that, that episode. Okay, I'm going to say this. We're going to call the other episodes that are coming up in a little bit here as the filler episode. Yes. I think this episode is the most unnecessary episode we get. Episode two? Yeah. I, th- I mean apart With the from Jawas? The- yes. Oh, that I fact- love
1: the Jawas. Apart <laughs> from
0: the fact that it establishes that Baby Yoda is a Force user, it doesn't really do much. There's, not- there's nothing that this episode really does. And I-, I-, I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth a little bit because I love anything with Keel. You know, or Quill or whatever. Quill. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I love anything with him, but I feel like if there was any episodes that we were going to say, "Ah, oh, let's get rid of
1: this one, this mm-hmm. would be on the table. Um, I don't know. There, there. I definitely have episodes I like less than this episode for sure. Uh, I mean, it establishes uh, Baby Yoda as a Force user. I think it also establishes that... The Mando is is vulnerable. Like yeah. he can he can be beat he can be killed like sure. he's not this you know protagonist that is unstoppable that no one's going to be able to to beat him. Um and yeah, you do get, you know, the awesome character in Queel as well. So, mm-hmm. um I I understand the point you're coming from, but I definitely think there are other episodes I would remove before. I'll, I'll be excited this to hear one. about that, <laughs> um, but moving
0: along, we get to the third episode where he kind of delivers the package he goes back, and this is a great episode because mm-hmm. he you get to really see the attachment that has grown, and I love the choices they make within this series to kind of just show it and it's the smallest thing it's the the little ball on on the console of his spaceship, and the child having it, and then you know him giving it back you know is it's, it's that little attachment when he goes to touch it and he, the, he knows the child is basically doomed. Mm-hmm. And he goes – she starts turning off everything to go back and rescue it. What a great scene. It's like Taxi Driver, you know, Robert De Niro going in to save Jodie Foster. But you have the Mandalorian – oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> the Mandalorian killing – instead of him killing pimps, he's killing stormtroopers.
1: It's just so great. Um, yeah, no, that little, the little knob on, you know, his, I don't know if it's a stick shift in his, uh, (laughs) in his spacecraft, but that becomes like a big thing kind of like it's, and it is just without any words. There's multiple times throughout this show where some really sweet moments like between baby Yoda and the Mando, um, but yeah, that that episode was also, uh, and that was another episode. Oh man, heartbreaking when Baby Yoda he takes into you know the remnants of the Empire, and Baby Yoda like looks back in his little floating, you oh, know, yeah, like and looks annoying. so sad. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if we want to yeah jump I don't, to I, the filler episode. Yeah, let's let's now. talk about these very quickly.
0: Um, honestly, the order of these episodes don't really matter. No. You know they you could have watched these three in any order, it doesn't really do much for the the beginning of the series or the season and the end of the season. So which one of these three was your favorite?
1: which one of these are was your least favorite? Just off the top hmm. Oh man, see, I'm a little biased because I love Bill Burr. Um, <laughs> okay. So I did enjoy the prison breakout and that, and also I love horror movies and that if anything was like sort of, yes, the horror episode of the Mandalorian. Um, so in real quick, when George Lucas was originally making star Wars, he based star Wars off of a lot of the serial uh-huh. TV shows that he watched as a kid. Yeah. And so we're calling these filler episodes because it is very different from what we're used to in the Netflix days. And, and that's age. not to, that's not to degrade them. Yeah, at all. it's not. It's not. You know. So each of these stories are very contained. Yeah, and they're one offs. Yeah, you know. But they're oh, the majority of them. I would say are are still good, solid episodes that are worth the watch, especially since yeah. they're not. Like over an hour long, like right. some episodes are sometimes. You know, you don't feel like you're waste. It doesn't feel like you're wasting your time watching these episodes. So these are all good episodes. Yeah, but I would have yeah. to say I, I have my least favorite of the three. I'm interested. To see I would have is- to say my least favorite is the tattoo, the one on Tatooine. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Um, which is sad because it has a really cool ending, which we still don't know who that was that we oh. saw at the very end. That's in, you're, you're right. The, the rumors is it's. Boba Fett because the last time we ever saw Boba Fett that's interesting. was on Tatooine. I never,
0: I honestly <laughs> I forgot about that from the first time I watched through it and uh-huh. when it can't happen again I was like oh they don't resolve that ever. Nope. You know I didn't realize that until this, the second watch through for because me.
1: Because if it was going to be uh why am I blanking on um Moff Gideon yeah. um they would have made it more obvious. There's no way right. that's going to end up being right. like that was Moff Gideon. There's no way. That would make zero sense to me. Um, so who knows what it is, mm-hmm. who who it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, overall it yeah, was I a didn't... pretty boring. Yeah, episode. I found I found him the the, the guy he teams
0: up with who yeah. betrays him kind of lame. He was not really interesting. Ming Na Wen, the actor, but Yeah. Ming Na Wen, who is you know the the target, the bounty in this episode. Um, she's a great actress. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you look at her and you go, "Oh my gosh, oh yeah, she's on Agents of Shield." You know, um, is a pretty the lead, one of the lead characters on that show. But also the voice of Milan, like, and she was on ER. You know, back in the '90s, um, great actress. But again, this episode just not a lot to really sink your teeth into. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So my least favorite, um, the prison breakout is fun, mm-hmm. and you have so such a great. You have Clancy Brown playing the big, like, strong actor. You got, um, oh gosh, who did you say? It kind of
1: reminded me of a Clone Wars episode.
0: Yeah, I can see it. Like, when Obi-Wan teams up with the bounty hunter, and he goes on in disguise as a bounty hunter or a scoundrel.
1: And you have so many different alien races in this episode as well. Which is awesome. And I
0: like that you touched on the fact that it was kind of a horror movie in a sense. Mm -hmm. But I was also thinking of, like... Batman Arkham Asylum. You know, when you yeah. see, when you get to see, like, you're, you're put in the shoes, you're watching the hero be the scary person.
1: Uh-huh. You yep. know,
0: kind of hunting down all these guys. And in the same way that when you play Arkham Asylum, the Batman video game, you're, like, in the shadows, sneaking up on the Joker's goons, mm-hmm. taking them out one by one. Like, that that scene in Batman begins when we first see Batman, you know? Yep. So... But I, I also have to give props to the episode where we meet Cara Dune. I love that episode. And this is the most, like... For me, this is, like, the most Western episode we got. You know, you have the town that's dealing with an outside force that's, as you know, um, hurting villagers that is, you know, um, that is a threat to them. Mm-hmm. And the, the guy rides in on his horse, you know... Um, Trains it's like Magnificent Seven, training the villagers to fight back, you know, and having that ATST be the menacing thing that's like in up in the in the woods, and you hear it. It's just like, it is such a cool episode. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's underrated. I think some people would look at it as being kind of boring, but I think there's interesting stuff they do in it with the relationship between Mando and the woman that
1: he's like. Maybe there's a
0: romantic thing going Which, on there. Uh,
1: that's one part of that episode. I would say I'm not sure. Like are. They, you know what I mean? You have to have, have something there that
0: has an attachment. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's an easy way to go about it. Sorry, I interrupted you.
1: Oh, no. I was just... Wasn't sure, like, are, are we ever going to see, like... Is that something that the Mando wants? Does he want a romantic relationship?
0: Well, she, like... He almost let her take off the helmet to I know. say that,
1: like... It's kind of a way of
0: my old life is gone. Here I am now. This is what I really want. I want to settle down, I want to slow down. I have the child who I need to take care of, and I can see a life for myself here. Mm-hmm. But then because of the job, because of the the work that he has to go and do in protecting the child, you know, he can't. Mm-hmm. He can't allow himself what he really wants. And I think that's just interesting. Um so I I, I like this episode quite a bit. Um but also let's talk about Cara Dune. How do you – what do you think of her as a character played I, I by think, Gina Carano?
1: I think she does a really good job. Uh, I, the actress um, – I don't know. She just seems really – I'm always interested in what she has to say. I'm always just mm-hmm. interested in what she's doing. Um, you know, She used to be um, – she was – yeah, she was a rebel. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. I'm trying to remember now. Um she hates the Empire man she yeah. absolutely hates the Empire um and yeah, I mean, so it's tough to really know because I mean, how many episodes were in this season? was it uh, eight. eight yeah, and they're they're not long episodes, so we haven't had a ton of time with these characters, mm-hmm. but no, I mean, I'm definitely more interested in in her than I am Grief Cargo for now. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think it, it kind of goes to show, I've heard rumors that they are wanting to maybe develop a series around her, you know, and that kind of makes More sense. More money for somebody. Disney. Yeah, yeah, and she's, <laughs> I think she's great. I think she brings a certain charisma. I think she is his most trusted ally. Yes. You know, for sure. I mean, obviously, if you have to choose between, am I going to trust Grief or am I going to trust Kara? I'm going to go towards Kara because yeah.
1: I'm, I'm, I think... Brief might shoot me in the back to steal what's in my pockets, you know. But it wouldn't be surprised if maybe because everyone is thinking that if they swap that around, you know oh, what I mean. That's interesting. Really shock us, because she was a she was a shock trooper. So. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just I
0: gotta I gotta take a bite at that. Um, and then so getting to the last two episodes, um, this is really, um, I don't know. This is where we're really building towards. This mm-hmm. is like I look at these last two episodes as being a two part finale. You know, you kind of, you bring the whole gang together. So you get all these pieces of characters that Mando interacts with, you know, from different episodes and he brings them together to kind of make up his team, mm-hmm. which is so cool to see them come together. You know, you get Queel from over here, you get Cara Dune, you got Grief, um, and you got IG-11 and it's just like, this is cool. I like seeing all these guys together, you know? Um, what did you think of these, of the team? I
1: mean... And their dynamics. I love the team. Uh... You know, and putting the team together, you know, it was a really cool little, you know, compilation that they had of of, of Queel putting IG eleven back oh, together yeah. and everything as well and reprogramming him. And now his you know, originally his protocol was to destroy, right? Yeah. That was his where now his protocol is to protect. Yeah. And just the little uh, montage – that's more of the word I was looking yeah. for – that they had of just uh, – of Quill's voiceover talking about all this and everything. It was a really great little thing. It makes you – and you can just tell Queel is such like – just like I said earlier. He has a heart of gold and he's yeah. this loving thing. He wants, he wants life like more yeah. than anything, right? He wants – he doesn't want – he wants, he wants redemption even for a droid, yeah. you know what I mean? Yep. He wants resolution for a
0: droid who doesn't necessarily deserve it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I love that relationship that Mando has, even within these two episodes where he's like, nope, this droid is not going to be a part of things. And then what happens with IG-11 and him in the last episode, it's mm-hmm. just like, oh, it just – I was watching it with Jess – Um, and she did not watch much from this series. Um, and she is typically one that she is, I don't think I'm saying anything that she wouldn't um, want listeners to hear. She's scared of robots. (laughs) And so typically when there's a robot character on screen, she's like, nope. You know, so for the longest time, she never wanted to watch Iron Man because she thought it was a robot. Um, and then I didn't know what she was going to feel about vision later on in the in the movie series, you know the MCU, <clears throat> but she, um, she really loves. It's one of her favorites. And then, so as everything went on with IG Eleven, she was like, "That is so great! I love that!" Why, mm-hmm. you know? So she just really kind of herself fell in love with this character. Um, and so, as we kind of put the team together, you have this whole notion that grief was gonna betray
1: um, Mando. Yes, he kind of says, "Hey, Mando, I need you to come back." Yes, two guys with him. And yeah, essentially, they're pretending like they're gonna get the child back, uh, or no, that they were going to restore order, I think, back at this place and kill the client. And yes, yes, yeah. And then at one point, you know, with the way the camera looks like, the two guys that are with Grief are about to kill Kara, pull their guns yeah. out, and try to kill Mando and uh, Kara, but then Grief shoots them both, yeah, and he ends up. Really joining the team, as far as we know. Right. Um, I still love it. I like it a
0: lot. I, I You need that character. You need to have that scoundrel who you feel like in the series, any minute can like, well, my self-interests are going to supersede what's the best for mm-hmm. you. So here we go. <laughs> you know, so I think it, it brings a really good element to the series. Especially when we're talking about a series about scum and villainy, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> so, and it's just really cool to see that person be Carl Weathers. Um, yeah, and so these, so this is where things get sad, and and Quill dies, Oh, you know, he's like, okay, take... I did not expect that either, did you? Yeah, I, it was very unexpected for me. When I first saw it, I was so super sad, because he was my favorite, and you you see his lifeless body, and the camera stays on him, and it's just like, oh, come on. Yeah, you don't
1: see him, you don't see his actual death, but... They pan the camera down and you see his, it's very clear that, you know, he is no longer with us. Um, and yeah, it was just very, very unexpected. But yeah. just the way that whole scene was shot when he was trying to get back to the ship in time as mm-hmm. well. Um, and he had Baby Yoda with him. And then uh, two uh, scout troopers, I believe, or what they're called, yeah. uh, on their bikes. Uh, scoop them up. Sc- scoop them up and... That's how that episode ends, kind of big cliffhanger. Yeah, but also let's talk about the fact that the client gets killed by the people that he's basically
0: working for, and we get introduced to Moff Gideon, played by the incredible Giancarlo Esposito. What an actor! I mean, Breaking
1: Bad, The Boys, he is this, he's all over the place. He's an incredible this actor. I know it's the show's been long done for, but yeah, if you ever wanted to do a Breaking Bad podcast, oh man, I would love to do that. That's yeah. might be my favorite TV show of all time and he is incredible. I don't know if he was was he I know Brian Cranston won Emmys, but I don't even know if Giancarlo was nominated and he if he wasn't, he definitely should have been because he I'm was I'm sure he's had he had to get nominated for best supporting he actor. Had to have. Yeah. We'll have to look that up after Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we, we only see him for really one episode, but because if you've watched any of these other shows, right off, you know like this guy is going to be a great yes. villain. Yeah. Uh, he is so good. Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited to see him in the in the future as well. He's like – typically you're not super excited to see, see villains, but I am very oh, excited yeah. to see where they take this his, character of Moff Gideon. His dialogue. When the
0: heroes are pinned down mm-hmm. in the cantina, and he's outside, and he's just taunting them and talking to them, and he's like, "I can't promise that I'm not going to kill you." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like he has this this thing about it as a villain that you don't want to like him, obviously because he's a bad guy. But he's so charming on screen that he just he captures you and he won't let you go. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just I love that in villains, you know, and he plays. Such a great villain. He does. <laughs> um, so, this gets us to the last episode, where... Um, it's funny, because this is directed by Taito with Titi. Oh. And that first scene is so Taito with Titi. It's hilarious. Uh, the episode ends, the previous one, on the real downer of mm. um, Quill, Quill dying. And then you see the, the troopers who, who killed him have this funny scene of just like almost improv and they're just oh it's hysterical and one of them is voiced by jason sudeikis yep and it's like they want one of them wants to see the baby and the other one's keeping it hidden and that scene like it brings a levity it brings a joy within this episode that was really
1: needed and make you laugh a little bit before things kind of Speed to the the end. Baby Yoda bites one of their fingers. And I think Baby Yoda gets punched twice. Which yes. Like people. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. I, I've watched reactions on YouTube and people are like, Whoa They're like yeah, losing like, their mind every time. At some Yoda point, is. you're like,
0: you're like, <laughs> they're <laughs> dead. These guys are great. They're so funny. Like the punch Yoda. Like, oh no. No, you
1: do. Also, oh, <laughs> as soon as that happened, you do like, all right, these guys
0: are dead. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and so IG11 comes in, kills them dead. Um, First and... Baby
1: Yoda on the bike oh on the my front, gosh. and that's got to be one of my favorite scenes from of him me.
0: just flying on the. So bike. yeah, I, I,
1: you need to watch it if you haven't. But you know, this robot is riding on the bike and he's flipping all over, shooting stormtroopers all over the place. Flying, and then it cuts to a shot of Baby Yoda, his ears flapping in the yeah. wind, and he's just smiling, <laughs> laughing as all these stormtroopers are being slaughtered around oh him. Oh my gosh! It was it was perfect, and yet even just, I mean, it is very clear that Taika Waititi is was the best. All the other directors did a really good job, but just even mm-hmm. the shots, like the action shots, Taika Waititi like. Blew it out of the water. Mm-hmm. Like he give him a movie. Let him direct the Star Wars movie. He right. would knock it out of the park. Right. So yeah. Uh so the our three heroes are pinned in down. a bunker, basically, yeah, pinned down, and they it doesn't seem like much hope. And then IG11 shows up with Baby Yoda and Say day. and they're they're able to make it out fairly okay for a good while, but then um, is there an explosion? I'm trying to remember what happens. Well, they they get
0: kind of pinned down again. They're able to thin the numbers out a great deal, but the they get pinned down again, and then the flamethrower guy Mm -hmm. comes out, Um, and he just everything is on fire, and Mando is hurt with the explosion from you know he he does the, the move that he does in the first episode where he jumps on the big. Bad gun that the bad guys have. Oh yes, he no. turns it on them, and then Giancarlo blows up the generator.
1: Is that how he gets yeah, hurt? Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Um, and then yet, yeah, well, then they retreat, and then the flame trooper yeah. shows up, right? And it looks like they're about to kill, and then for this, I believe only the second time. Yeah, I think so. Well, no, kind of the third time because he choked. Oh, that's right. Yeah, when they were arm for wrestling, a bit. Um, he's like, but, "You don't mess with my dad." I love that. Too. Baby Yoda uses the force again um, and he pushes the flames back and blows up the, yeah. the flame trooper. But the Mando is. Oh, and also he did it when they're at the campsite the night, the night before. Oh, as well. yes. Do the, do the magic hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, because that's
0: what, one of the things that made Grief go, okay, I've got to
1: side yes, with the good guys Yes, You're here. right. You're yeah. right. Um, but the Mando is, uh, like as far as we know, he was fatally yeah. injured. Yeah. And one thing we did have not really talked about yet is the Mando hates droids. Yes. He hates droids.
0: One. Yeah. So his, he has this visceral distrust and anger towards droids, which makes sense. You After know,
1: what happened to his parents. Yes. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's cool seeing battle droids mm, oh, from the cool. prequel yeah, as well. B1s,
1: yeah, or no, those are B two battle droids. Yeah,
0: and so he, he has this distrust and, and hatred towards droids, and especially you know IG Eleven, who was sent to kill the child, the child to kill Baby Yoda, and yeah, you get this moment where IG Eleven stays back, stays behind with him when he's mm-hmm. dying. And he saves his life. Mm-hmm. And I love the moment. Jess is watching this with me. She's like, "He's like, Jess is like, can, can you take off the helmet? I'm like, well, he's not supposed to. And I know what's going to happen. I'm just like, I, she's asking questions of things that are going to – And she goes, but he's not alive.
1: He's, he's, he's not a living person. I'm like, yes, I know. Just watch. <laughs> well, so yeah. Uh, uh, Mando says no living person can see me. Like without my helmet on, and then IG11 says it's you know basically it's a good thing I'm not, <laughs> yeah, a living person. And he takes the helmet off. We see uh, we see why am I blanking on the actor's name right now? Uh, uh, where is it? Uh, Pedro Pascal. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. We see uh his his beautiful face for a little bit, even though he's pretty beat up. Uh, nice sweaty hair, blood. Um, but yeah, IG11 saves him and. They're able to continue on and try to protect Baby Yoda. And we are getting fairly close to the end of yeah Season 1 now already. And um, we get
0: the final stuff with the other Mandalorians, who we got to see really kick butt when they escaped this planet the first time mm-hmm. with Baby Yoda. um, And we see what's the remnants and what's kind of happened there and how the Armorer, she's the only one left. Which gives us a lot of setup for the next Season 2, where not only... Are you, well, the whole thing is she gives Mando the mission to say, we need to reunite this child with its kind, Mm-hmm. you know, and we get to see her fight.
1: Yes. Which and she is awesome. She kicked butt. Yeah. <laughs> is she dead? Do you think she's dead? I don't think so. No, you're, I don't think so. I was going to say, yeah, I think she's dead, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful that she's still alive. I don't, I don't think she's dead. Okay. Typically you don't kill people off screen. Yeah, that's true. I I don't think that's I think she's alive. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, then I'm trying to remember what goes on in, next in the episode. They get onto. Do they fairly quickly they get, get on to the that lava boat? River, yeah, the, the, yeah, the lava river. Yep. And we get uh, another kind of sad part of this episode as well. Fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, they're going down this. Uh, river sticks. Lava river <laughs> and. Is it, is it IG-11 that's able to see like yeah. that there's tons of... Oh, uh, Mando. It was Mando. Mando's able to see that there's tons of stormtroopers basically at the exit. And he's like, you know, we can't... can't stop. Be, yeah, we can't stop. Yeah, we're not going to be able to get rid of all of them. And IG-11 sacrifices himself.
0: And where it's the most moving is to see Mando's reaction to him saying, I'm going to go do this. And Mando's like, no, don't. And you -hmm. you could hear the emotion on his voice, you know? And it's just like, whoa! You know, here is the arc. Here is the character arc, you know? And, you know, the first droid, he's really come to trust, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, the redemption of that, in a sense, is really incredible. Um, Yeah, he sacrifices himself and he blows up and he takes
1: out all those stormtroopers with him. Yeah, it awesome. was it was a great scene. It yeah. was a really good scene. Um, and then our heroes are left basically just to take out our main bad guy, and the, and um, the Tie Fighter, which we forgot the fact that he Mando got his jetpack. Yes, so that is one thing that most Mandalorians seem to have for some reason. The Mando doesn't. We he don't really it know it, why. Yeah. yeah, but he gets his jetpack, so he's able to you know, fly up to the TIE fighter. And it was it was an awesome action mm-hmm. scene. Uh, and we get the
0: reveal at the very end with Giancarlo again, which is, everyone was like, Oh, dang! <laughs> so tell us, because I think probably you have a little bit more insight to the significance of the reveal at so the end with him. So he
1: ha- has possession of the Darksaber. The big reason is this is, there's only one of these. It's not like... You know the dark saber is like a certain color saber, and okay. there's lots of other the dark saber. There's only one of, as, as far as we know, and it was I, I believe was the leader of the Mandalorians that had possession. Oh, in the Clone Wars of the dark saber. yes, in the in the Clone Wars, and so obviously there was the purge, right? I believe right. that's what it's called. Yeah, and so we don't know exactly how Moff Gideon ended up in posi- in possession of the dark saber, but it may be hinting that he had something to do with the purge of right. the Mandalorians as well. Well, and that's
0: and that's the thing that's like so interesting about the setup with this villain because as he's taunting them, you, he, he kind of s- says like, I, you have beef with me and you have beef with me and you have beef with me mm-hmm. um, between Mando, Kara, and Grief. And it's just like, well, that's just setting up the, the main... Um, Focus for the next season. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because it's going to be very much a personal takedown. A personal vengeance to really go up against with with him. Yeah. And and then he takes off and Kara and Grief stay back to kind of pick up the pieces in that town. And also, I guess Moff Gideon's there too, but not a different
1: area. (laughs) But yeah, it's kind of left... It kind of felt like maybe they weren't entirely sure if they were going to get a season two. You know what I mean? It's not super oh, open-ended. Yeah. It's also not a big cliffhanger. I you know, see it, what you're saying. It was a big flop. I could see people being somewhat content yeah. with this being the a end. One-off. right? a one Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I believe at, at the very end you have Baby Yoda and Mando flying away and – Mando unscrews the little ball on top mm-hmm. of the thing and hands it to Baby Yoda. Yes. Yep. he's turned into a daddy. Yeah, um, and yeah, they're going to find. So this is where I'm also confused. They're going to find. Does she say the the, the child's race or yeah. like? His so kind. are they gonna his find his kind? Were they talking so about, they about the Jedi? Jedi or are they talking about yeah. more of his? Who knows? We'll right. find out maybe in season 2 maybe not maybe well, not I mean doing, that so. first
0: trailer from season 2 I I love that you know where you see that shrouded figure and it's just like I want to see night sisters I want to see <laughs> things that were explored I want Dave Filoni to be like let's flex this muscle that we haven't seen much from yeah um before um okay so that's going to be it really sets up the second season as we're going to see this weekend just quickly I got a couple questions for you
1: what is your favorite and least favorite episode from this whole season? Favorite episode, uh, I'm sure it's going to be the same for you. It, it's episode eight, the, the finale. It's mm-hmm. got to be for me. Um, just like I said, the direction, the writing, um, the action. It's, it's emotional but has awesome action scenes, some really cute scenes from Baby Yoda. Like that's an essential for an episode episode of The Mandalorian okay. yep. to be great is for you to at least go aww or laugh at Baby mm-hmm. Yoda at least one time. Or give me your number um, two. What's your second favorite? Because that's my favorite too. Second favorite it might it, it's probably the episode before Episode seven? <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's, for me it's between seven and it's between three. Three, okay. Where he first rescues the... Oh, yes, the yes, yes, yeah. Three is very, very good as well. You are correct. And then, honestly, that. the Car Dune one is one of my favorites as well. Least favorite. Um, It's the Tatooine one. Yeah. It's, the, it's definitely the Tatooine one. They're just... That would never be... There are definitely, like you said, some episodes you could go back and be like, Oh, I'll just watch this one episode. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever do that with the Tatooine
0: one. Yeah, I would so. say that one. And then I know you like it a little bit more because the Jawas... I just feel like episode two is not necessary. You know, it is not needed per se. So, um, I thought it's fine. I think, yeah, I think it's fine. But honestly, meh. Um, favorite nod to the Star Wars Extended Universe?
1: Oh, you have man. anything off
0: the top of your head? Um,
1: I can't think of anything right now. I mean, just even in the first episode seeing all those people frozen in carbonite was pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> That's true. That's true.
0: Um I think one of my favorites is actually my 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 favorite nod comes from I think my least favorite episode, which is the Tatooine episode. The bartender droid is that the same droid from Jabba's palace? Oh, I don't know. I think I heard something that it possibly was the one who was like you are a spunky one. Are you not like talking to RTD2 in Jabba's
1: pilot um uh, palace. Um, I like that one. Is that the same guy? No, that's not the same guy that this protocol droid might be useful. That one, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm such a nerd.
0: Um and then also <laughs> I think um scene Well, I, I think well what is the one alien that's Java's little pet? Um, oh, cr- Skenacious S- 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 S-
1: Crum or something like that? Crumb,
0: Crumb, yes. Yeah. Seen his little race behind jail as the other one's on the rotisserie. I was like, that oh my is. gosh,
1: I forgot about that as well. Um, favorite cameo? Favorite actor who popped in? I mean, it's just got to be Bill Burr because I love Bill Burr. And I couldn't, I when I found out he was going to be in The Mandalorian, I'm like, that is amazing. Yeah. Especially because he would always, and he's a comedian, so he. Supposed to do this But he would always Make fun of Star Wars And Star yeah. Wars fans And now he ends up being I guess basically uh, um, Not Dave Filoni The other Why am I blanking on uh, Favreau Favreau Said like He wanted Bill Burr To be in it Because he's like It would be hilarious Because mm. you've always Made fun of Yeah And he was like Okay sure um, And yeah I do enjoy that It's a fun episode um, In that episode We also have a cameo Of Dave Filoni where, where was he? A, he was one of the X-wing fighters who blow up the station at the end. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, and then I guess people don't know for sure, but I believe people thought that uh, Fabro was one of the big Mandos as well. Okay. In uh, episode three, I guess. Two or three. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, my favorite cameo is actually the like the first cameo we get. You almost kind of miss it, but the blue alien that the bounty is yes. on is Horatio Sands mm-hmm. from SNL, um, the guy who used to. He was the buddy with um, Jimmy Fallon back in the day, you know? So he was definitely my cameo. Where is your – my favorite cameo. Where is your anticipation for season two? you I mean, kind of wrapping things up.
1: I mean, it's high. Uh, you know, I was very disappointed with The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Um, but I really enjoyed the first season of The Mandalorian. And I really hope that – it just keeps getting better. Yeah. I hope that you know they just keep improving on this and they give more power to people that know and love the Star Wars universe.
0: Yeah, I mean, because really, this is the only kind of things that we have right now. We don't have we don't have any real set dates yet. I don't think for Star Wars movies. No, I mean, obviously, with the pandemic, everything is kind of on a shifting table. Um, so right now, like, let's just kind of pour our money into Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. You know the production value, the the. Making of these series, you know, obviously we have this and we have um, Kenobi, which is now going to be filming, I think, starting in March. Um, and you know, we got the what's the other one? The guy from Rogue One. Oh, Cassian. Yeah, the the yeah the Cassian and Andor series, which is going to be probably coming up after that. But yeah, here we go. I'm totally stoked. I cannot wait to see things, and I'm happy that we haven't seen much. From, yes, from the advertisements. I'm more interested, similarly, to how we didn't have anything about Baby Yoda prior to the season starting. I'm excited about what I don't know. Yeah. And I'm excited about what we haven't seen. And there's some people who are a little bummed out that like, oh, we haven't seen Ahsoka. She's supposed to show mm-hmm. up in this, se- in this series here. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually excited to be
1: surprised. Me as well. I am definitely excited for – how many episodes are going to be? I think it's going to be eight again. It's eight again? Okay. So hopefully – I kind of do hope that these episodes are more of all um, – I can't remember the exact word I'm looking for. But so that there's not really those filler standalone episodes. I hope they're more of like – it's more of just like an, an overall arc throughout all of the episodes. See,
0: I don't mind filler episodes – as long as they're done right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a comic book, you know, you always have comic book series and they have events, but sometimes it's the standalone story mm-hmm. that can be the greatest issue that you would You're get. Right. You're right. You know? And so similarly, these, I think about like the X-Files, that series, um, it was never the, the big arc storylines mm-hmm. episodes that were the best episodes. It was always the one-offs where you could tell one story and then go on to the next episode mm-hmm. without much of a through line between them. And I think that is why the Cara Dune episode is so highly regarded for me out of all the episodes. Because I love that. I love that it's a Western. I love it's mm-hmm. the 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 lone ranger kind of come rolling into town on his horse and taking care of stuff and then going off afterwards. All right, Aaron, um, thank you for joining me again. Is there anything that you want listeners to know? Anything for you to plug or say?
1: No, nothing Nothing to plug yet. Uh, maybe one day. Um, also, the only thing I wrote down real quick, I'll just mention it. We don't even have to talk about But the soundtrack is also awesome in yes. this show as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to throw in a few bars here um, in the episode at this point. <laughs> to kind of mention. And so listeners, thank you for listening um, to our breakdown of this series. Um, Such a great time. Such a great conversation. Aaron is for sure going to be back again. Hey, you know, maybe what I'll do is start doing little mini episodes where we can kind of talk about this series as we go and we can give more time to each episode we'll just have to see um and i think there's maybe even more star wars fans than even just my friend aaron here so if there's any of you who wants to come on and talk about a particular episode let's do it and let's break it down um and i'm i mean it's i'm it's no surprise aaron's going to be back i'm actually trying to figure out a way to get him and his wife Both on the show at some point.
1: So that might have to be a Christmas episode. We shall see. She watched season one, so maybe she could potentially come on for one of the episodes. Oh, that would be fun. That would be cool. All right, Aaron, thank you. All right, guys, may the force be with you.
0: Hey guys, so I just recorded my closing, which is going to come in just a minute here, Um, but before I... I totally forgot something that I wanted to mention, and so I wanted to just throw this in there before I tell you what's going to be happening for next week. Another thing that is actually going to be happening for next week is with The Mandalorian coming out each week for the next month or so, um, I thought it would be a good idea for actually for me to be breaking down each episode as they come out. So... I'm going to be canceling for the next month the news portion, unless there's something really significant, really big that comes out that needs to be talked about. Um, and instead, me and my guest, um, it might be my guest for that week, it might be somebody who I just kind of call in for the, the the second part of that particular episode to talk about the Mandalorian Season 2 episodes as they drop. So that's something else you can be looking forward to next week. Okay, next week is going to be the Mandalorian Season 2 Episode 1 premiere, and all right thank you everybody for tuning in and thank you aaron for coming by and being a part of this week's show obviously the most exciting thing that we can talk about is season two coming out this next week Not not even next week. I mean, in a couple days. I mean, that's incredible. I really want to just kind of get through 2020, and by the looks of it, I'm hoping Mandalorian and Baby Yoda, or the child, is going to help us get through it. Um, Okay, I want to talk to you guys about what we are going to do for next week's show. This is actually a show I wanted to do right back at, like, my very first episode. I was like, oh, there is by far no way... I am not going to do this one episode, and just kind of waiting for the time to be right. Well, here we go. Um, I wanted wanted to bring on two of my best friends um, to the show, to be a part of it, um, to be a part of the podcast, um, to talk to us about one of our favorite shows that we grew up on. Um, It's still top five favorite TV shows um, that have ever been made for me. And honestly, I think it just hit me at the right time when I was growing up, um, being a 90s kid in the, the early to then mid and then late 90s. This show I kind of grew up with, and I just couldn't get enough of it. Um, and it's the same thing with me and my friends. And so what we're going to be talking about is the show Boy Meets World. So yeah, let's let's talk Corey, let's talk Sean, let's talk Topanga, let's talk Fina! So I can't wait. I, I am so excited to have these two guys come on. Um, they stood up with me at my wedding. Um, Mike Kendall, Chris Hardiman, they're coming on for the first time. Um, honestly, this is not going to be an episode you're going to want to miss. If you want to hear antics, if you want to have... Um, this is a lot of jokes. If you want to hear about our childhoods and how much fun we have, this like, little motley crew of, of characters, um, it's going to be a great episode to check out. Now, the episodes that we're going to be talking about, because we're going to ta- cover a couple different Boy Meets World episodes, we're going to talk about two episodes from season four. Um, the episodes are called An Affair to Forget, which is episode 11, and Chick Like Me, which is episode 15. Um, we wanted to, like, folk or I wanted to focus on two episodes that were heavy centered around Sean and Corey's relationship. Um, and so that's what we're going to do. All right, guys. Um, I'm sorry. I'm kind of ranting on a little bit here. I'm just really super excited. I'm excited for The Mandalorian. I'm excited for Boy Meets World. Um, so tune in, and I will see you guys next week. Bye-bye.